who we are as a body of people, every nation, is that God has called us to be overcomers. You cannot stay in the great pleasure of Almighty God just being with people like you. But there's one way the world is going to believe. If we fight for our unity, if we walk together in our unity. I can't help but think that God is honoring an ancient prayer and doing something great even in our generation. Are you ready to celebrate 25 years? The ministry should not only happen within the confines of the church. The gospel must be proclaimed in every square inch of this world. Wait, this is a now time. There's an urgency to this message. This go is not just a good idea. It's an urgent one. The Lamb on the throne is the ultimate center of our churches, our ministry, our families, our lives. Now thinking about what's ahead in the next 21 years, every nation 2040, if you belong to Christ and you're Abraham's seed and you're heirs according to the promise, that means every one of you has an inheritance in the nations. There are campuses waiting for us to open up our mouth, preach the word. So here we are, every nation, we're asking for a fresh wind of God. We're asking for a fresh breath of God. Breezes go. Yellow says, move before the door closes. And when it's red, it go. means close your eyes. Anyhow you can go. That's how we got to do mission. When we say every nation, every campus, change the campus, change the world, it is not just a good mantra. It is personal, so personal that we give our lives to it. Woo! Wow. We just came back from that conference. It was life-changing. As you can see, we're playing this as an invitation to you that every three years, every nation around the world, we come together, we worship the Lord together. So the next one is 2022 in the Philippines, in Manila. So you can start planning now. You've been given three-year notice to be part of this, you know. It was really a life-changing moment. So imagine 80 nations, 5,000 people under one roof praising the Lord. It gives you like a taste of heaven. Because the scripture says when we get to heaven, it will be every nation, every tongue, every tribe worshiping together. Even the causes will be there. Praise the Lord. <laughs> my wife is closer, so you understand. The Lord has been working in my heart. Anyway, so uh, good morning, family. It's good to be here. Here's another great news uh, coming from the World Conference. One of the speakers will be with us this coming Saturday and Sunday. Pastor Jim Lafoon uh, will be speaking. Yes. Uh, Pastor Jim is one of the senior prophetic voices in every nation, and Gillian Davis, also a prophetic voice from Cape Town, on Saturday at our Connect Convergence. So this is an invitation to all our Connect Group leaders. Uh, if you lead a Connect Group or you've just started a Connect Group, uh, this is for you. Uh, next week, Saturday at 9 a.m., 
We trust in God for prophetic ministry to our Connect Group leaders. And Sunday morning, we're going to have Pastor Jim with us. So you don't want to miss that. And we're grateful that next week there's no 702, so everyone will be here at church. I know that some of you took you an hour to get here, but thank you for being here and navigating through the traffic to be with us this morning. Uh, you will notice I am on purpose, not talking about soccer. Thank God for rugby. The Lord is good. <laughs> if you didn't know, uh, Pirates beat Chiefs 2-0. Oh, yeah, there you go. Uh, the Lord was so gracious to me. I was fast asleep. I didn't get to watch the game. Because of jet lag coming from America, you know, I completely forgot about the game. You know, the Lord was gracious to me. Anyway, so Siasanga is wearing a pirate shirt just for me. Oh, brother, that's not good. <clears throat> I was challenged in the first service. We had a testimony by a lady called Terry, uh, Terry Irvine. She is from Australia. Her testimony just set up the tone for the sermon series we're starting today, the gospel according to Jonah. And today we'll be looking specifically on the topic, it is too difficult. We feel like it is too difficult to share the gospel. Barriers that keep us from answering God's call. Uh, I asked myself this question before I tell you about Terry. How would the world be if all Christians embraced their call to go and make disciples? How would the world be if all Christians embraced the call to go and make disciples? Terry was sharing a testimony with us that um, she grew up as an atheist for 38 years of her life. She's never had anyone come to her and telling her about God. For 38 years, she's never had anyone come to her and telling her about the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel. And she was just challenging us as Christians to say, after all that the Lord has done for us, how can we be so selfish and keep the good news to ourselves? I was really challenged. In fact, she was in tears when she was sharing with us this morning. We shouldn't keep this gospel to ourselves. We need to share it with others. You know, when I joined uh, Every Nation, it was called His People then, 25 years ago. There was this mantra, His Commission, Our Mission. Meaning what God has commissioned in Matthew 28, it is our mission, it is what we stand for, it is what we live for, and it is what we will die for. And today, that's still our mantra. When we say that we love God, love people, and love our city, we are saying we are called to love the city. We have a heart for the city, and we have a heart for this nation. God has placed us here for a reason. There is no plan B, we are plan A. Jobek will not be transformed and changed if we don't make him known, if we don't share the good news. When we say make disciples who make disciples, it's still that mantra that's in the scripture. When we say reach every nation and every campus with the gospel, because his commission is our mission. The story of Jonah challenges us based on this tall order that God had given Jonah. Let me give you a bit of background before we read there. I mean, Jonah, being the prophet of God, he was called to go and preach the gospel and the good news and warn the people of Nineveh. Nineveh was a capital city of a country called Assyria. And at the time, the Ninevites, they had been idolatrous. They had been in adultery. They had been uh, violent. There has been promiscuity. Things had really, really been bad there. And the Bible says that the wickedness of 
Nineveh had come up before the Lord. When I mention all these things in the state of Nineveh, doesn't that sound familiar? Doesn't that sound familiar when you watch the news today, what is happening in our nation today? Shouldn't we be as Christians, the children of God, rise up and cry out to the Lord for our nation? Nineveh was a city that was plagued with idolatry, adultery, and violence. And we read now chapter 1, verse 1 of Jonah. It's up here on the screen. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh to preach against it. Strong words there. Because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying a fare, he went abroad and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God. And they threw their cargo into the sea and lightened up the ship. But Jonah had gone down below deck, where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, how can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. From this scripture that we've read, and we'll read a few other verses from chapter 1, there are three things I want us to look at this morning in order for us to embrace the call that God has for us while He's placed us here in the city of Joburg or anywhere else in the world where God is calling you to be. The first thing, we're going to look at Jonah's call, and we're going to look at how Jonah ran away from God's call for his life, and finally we're going to look at how God restored Jonah to the very same call that he was running away from. Just looking at Jonah's call, the Word of God came to Jonah, son of Amittai. The name Jonah means a dove or a bird. And by the way, we know that a dove in the Bible signifies a message or a messenger. Basically, Jonah was supposed to be a messenger to bring the good news. You'd remember the story of Noah and the ark that after many years of the flood, Noah sent out a dove, a bird, to go and pick up a leaf to bring the news that now it's safe to get out of the ark. So this is to say that Jonah had a call. Jonah, it was clear what God was calling him to be, to be a messenger, to bring the good news. But what we're going to try and answer today is why did Jonah run away from that call? Another very interesting thing is uh, Jonah's dad was Amittai. Names are very important. Whenever names are mentioned in Scripture, you must go and search what does this name mean. And Amittai means faithfulness. Meaning that Jonah was the son of a faithful father. And yet he was not faithful to the call of God on his life. Are we faithful to the call that God has for us? We know that there is a general call and there is a specific call. A specific call is the gifts and talents that God has given you to be able to express his kingdom in your workplace, in your business, wherever you are, so you can express the kingdom of God. 
And the general call is found in, in, in Matthew 28, where the Bible says, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you to the very end of the age. Wasn't it awesome to see people being baptized this morning? I'm really, really touched by uh, what Tony mentioned, you know, like Morosi baptizing his two sons here. What a special moment. The Bible is very clear. Our general call, all of us, is to go and make disciples of all nations. And the Lord says, I will be with you. We are guaranteed that he will be with us when we go and make him known. That's our general call. Very interesting, we read in 2 Kings chapter 14 that Jonah prophesied during the reign of Jeroboam II. But it is interesting that at the time Jonah prophesied prosperity that was going to come to Israel. And I'm thinking to myself, probably one of the reasons Jonah found it difficult to go and preach against Nineveh, he was so used to preaching just prosperity. He was so used to preaching just good things are going to happen over you and over your life. I find that sometimes it is difficult to preach the truth. Even though the truth can be painful, it sets us free. Even though the truth can be hard to hear, but it sets us free. Here we read that Jonah was sent to preach against Nineveh, to call them out and say, guys, God wants you to change. In the New Testament, it is clear that prophecy is for exhortation, encouragement, and for comfort. But it does not mean that when God is bringing a warning, we should not speak of that warning. It does not mean that when God is challenging us to change and to rectify things that are not correct and right in our lives, we cannot speak about that. So I want to take this moment and just say, some of you, the Holy Spirit has already been nudging you. The Holy Spirit has already been working in your spirit and warning you and say, this must change in your life. And I want to speak into those things this morning. Some of you, just like the way Pastor Jess preached last week and about being in the life of the church, being in a connect group, the Lord has been nudging you to get into the life of the church, to open up your life, to have other people speak into your life. Some of you, you need to find a place to serve in the body of Christ. But some of us, it may be that there are certain lifestyle and life habits that needs to change. Maybe you are here today and uh, you're already cohabiting and staying with your boyfriend and you're not yet married. It's time to move out. Maybe you are staying with your girlfriend. It's time to move out. Take heed of the warning of the Lord, because that does not glorify the Lord. Take heed of the warning of the Lord. And some of you here, maybe you've been unfaithful to to your spouse, and they don't know you've been hiding, you have an affair. It's time to stop that affair. Listen to me as I speak to you as a father. That does not glorify God. And some of you, maybe you have unhealthy relationships at work, and you know that this is not what God wants for your life. Step out of that friendship. Speak to young people. Some of you, you have friends with benefits. I don't fully know what that means, but you know what it means, right? You know what it means, right? Stop it. Stop it today. Take heed of the warning of the Lord. Amen. 
I know that it's easier to preach the message of prosperity, but we also need to speak the truth because the truth will set us free. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. We have freedom of choice, but we don't have freedom of consequences. You choose to make the decisions that you make today, but you have to live with the consequences of, the, of your decisions. Some of you, maybe you have this habit of lying. It's time to stop already. Maybe you've been stealing. Stop it! How can we be salt and light and try to preach the gospel, but our lives are not reflecting the very gospel that we preach? I like how uh, one, of, one of my friends says, like, the way you live your life can either repel or attract people to the gospel. You know, when you live your life, you're actually buying airtime from your friends. They would like, I, I, I want to hear what is so different about you. What makes you so different? You are buying airtime, so when you share the gospel, they, they will listen to you, including being excellent with your work. They will listen to you. How can we preach the gospel if our lives are far away from the truth of the very gospel that we preach? Now, listen to me. I'm not saying we need to be perfect because the gospel carries power whether we are perfect or not perfect. We share the gospel whether we are perfect or not perfect. The gospel will do its work. So we continue to share the gospel, the good news to those around us. Are you living a life in such a way that it attracts unbelievers or it's repelling unbelievers from the gospel? I came across this amazing story. In 1948, Dr. John Getty, a Presbyterian missionary, moved to an island in the South Pacific. He died in 1872. On the tablet erected to his memory at this church that he planted, it was written, when he landed, there were no Christians and when he left, there were no heathen. When he landed, there were no Christians. But when he left, the community had changed, was transformed. And I take challenge to that. As how am I changing the community around me? How am I changing those around me with the gospel of the truth? So basically, what I'm saying to you is, can we embrace the call of God that he has for our lives? to bring change to the situation around us. Because the gospel is the only solution to the ills of society. A changed heart will transform the city and the nation. Let's talk about Jonah's flight. Jonah flee from the call. Jonah was trying to run away from God's call. If I were to say it in today's language, I would say Jonah chose to go to Hawaii instead of Syria. For obvious reasons, right? I've noticed that every time we have missions to Mauritius, there's always people who want to go. But when we have a mission to Baghdad, very few people want to go. Let me challenge you with this. If things are heating up a bit in South Africa, maybe that's where we are supposed to be. If things are challenging here in our nation, light shines in darkness. We are supposed to shine right where the darkness is, not to run away from God's call over our lives. Why did Jonah flee? This is, I believe, is the essence of our talk today. There were two reasons why Jonah flee, and let's put the mirror on ourselves. The first reason 
Jonah was saying, guys, these guys are my enemies. I mean, the Assyrians have always wanted to conquer Israel. They've always wanted to take over. They've been tormenting the Israelites for so many years. Now, why should I go to preach to the same people? The second reason is very interesting. Jonah confesses later in Jonah chapter 4. He says, God, I knew you were going to forgive these people. Why should I even preach the gospel to them? He's saying, I know you are a gracious and compassionate God who loves people, who relents in sending calamity. Why should I go to preach? In fact, I want your lightning to come and strike them and kill them, Lord. Okay, let's bring it close to home. Don't you feel that way sometimes? That you write certain people off and you say, this one is not going to make it to heaven. Don't you feel that way sometimes? Let me bring it close to home. There's this one neighbor, our neighbor, who's got a motorbike. And from time, you see my wife is laughing. From time to time, you know, he comes in very late and he revs his motorbike. And I'm thinking, I haven't prayed it yet. Lord, why don't you just bring lightning? Just take this guy out. That's just one example that they, even though I'm a pastor, there are times I feel like that. I'm like, this one doesn't deserve heaven. This one, just lightning come and take this guy away. There are certain people that we even write off the way they live their lives. Again, another testimony at baptism, a lady just crying and saying, if I look at my life before Christ and now, I thank God for salvation. We write people off, and that is why we don't embrace the call to preach the good news. We've written them off. So what's the point? What's the point of preaching? That's what Jonah was saying. What's the point? We want judgment to come upon the people. When God called Jonah to Nineveh, he was not only interested in the repentance of the Ninevites, he was after Jonah's heart. So interesting that when we share the good news, it's not only for the people that we're sharing to. God is only wanting to work in our hearts. If you have never shared the gospel with someone, you are missing out something. There is something that happens when you share the good news in your heart. There is something that happens. I can't explain it, but you just feel this amazing presence of God. Like something has just happened. Even if they don't give their lives to the Lord at that moment, you can even offer to pray for them. Something happens in your heart. Something just bubbles in your heart. The joy of the Lord just bubbles in your heart that you've made Him known. Preaching the gospel is not only about the dying world, it's also about our hearts. I ask myself this question, if God did not intervene, what would have happened to Nineveh and what would have happened to Jonah? We'll come to that just now. God will allow your circumstances to worsen, even with your own hand, until you submit to God's will. Certain circumstances, God will allow them until we can submit. Choosing our own paths can have catastrophic results to us and to those around us. Let's look at these two verses. Verse 3, but Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down, the phrase is repeated, into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of God. That phrase is repeated for the second time, away from the presence of God. We jump to verse 10. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, What is this that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of God because he had told them. 
You've heard us say this before. Repetition is for emphasis. In one chapter, in a few verses, there's this phrase, when Jonah was running away from God's call, he was running away from God's presence. This is to say to us, when we do not embrace the call of God, we are actually moving away from the presence of God. We are moving away from enjoying this joy that I've just been talking about that you feel when you make him known. When we step away from making him known and embracing his call, we miss out on the amazing presence of God. Another repetition is he went down to Joppa. He went down into the ship. I was thinking about it this way. Each step away from God's presence is one step going down to your spiritual death. The more we move away from this call that he has for us, the more we move away from embracing this call he has for us, we might just find ourselves as Christians who just come to church, but the joy of the Lord is no longer here. What makes the preaching of the gospel difficult is our resistance to embracing the call of God and also writing people off. My question to you is how committed are you to bringing the good news to our city, to our nation, and to the world. Or like Jonah, maybe you're running away from the call. Jonah's restoration, that's my third point. The captain of the ship calls out Jonah, arise and call your God. Verse 6, the captain went to him and said, how can you sleep? Get up and call your, on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us and we will not perish. Very interesting here. The captain, a pagan captain, an unbeliever, is more concerned about the people perishing than the preacher himself. The whole Muruti, the whole pastor, the whole prophet is sleeping at that time. And God sends the pagan captain to go and wake him up. You know, God is more concerned about our character to achieve his purpose than our comfort. God is more concerned that we build and shape the character so we can be in his purposes for our lives than our comfort. As much as God wants us to be comfortable, what is more important to him is that character is shaped so we can be able to carry the good news. He wakes him up from his sleep. Jonah's call and commission had to be echoed by a pagan captain. Let's bring it close to home. I feel like the state of our nation, our country, just watch the news. It's like the wickedness of our nation has come before the Lord. And it's time for Christians to rise up. It's time for Christians to rise up and be bold and say, this is unacceptable. The wickedness that we see, just watch the news. It's like... One murder after the other. Something is wrong with that picture. Something is wrong with that picture. This week is our time of prayer and fasting. You've heard it being announced. And I want to encourage you to join us, whether it's three-day fast, one-day fast, Daniel fast. From tomorrow to Friday, we want to cry out to God for our nation. We want to cry out to God like the Ninevites when Jonah came and preached. When we go to chapter 2 and chapter 3, the Bible says they fasted and prayed. Everyone fasted and prayed to say, Lord, we, 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 we've sinned before you. I was thinking even they got the animals to fast and pray. 
I was just thinking about our dogs, Jack and Caramel. Lord Jesus, have mercy on them. Everyone is fasting this week. I don't think my kids will allow that. This is where I'm going with this message. The transformation of the city, the transformation of the nation, the transformation of the world starts with one heart that has been transformed. May we never outgrow the preaching of the gospel. In this church, we unapologetically pray for the lost, stand in the gap for the lost, trust God for the lost. We cannot keep this good news to ourselves. We have to make other people experience the same thing we're experiencing. God's love for Jonah is seen in that he did not let him die in his rebellion. He provided a whale. We read in verse 17. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. Whenever you see three days and three nights, it's a symbol of dying and resurrection. We read in Matthew, 28, Matthew 12. Then some of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law said to him, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you, he answered. A wicked and adulterous generation asked for a sign. Those words are used again. A wicked and adulterous generation asked for a sign. But none will be given it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. Jesus is validating the same message that was preached by Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah. Now something greater than Jonah is here. Jesus is saying Jonah was assigned to preach the good news for change and repentance. Now at the preaching of Jesus Christ, shouldn't we fear and tremble and change? Because that generation that repented to Jonah how about us? Shouldn't you repent at the preaching of Jesus Christ? Someone greater than Jonah is here. This is my prayer for us today in Hosea chapter 6. Come, let us return to the Lord. Let us return to the Lord. He has torn us into pieces, but He will heal us. He has injured us, but He will bind up our wounds. After two days, He will revive us. And on the third day, resurrection, he will restore us that we may live in his presence. That we may live in his presence. What I like about this portion of scripture, it is to say to us, when restoration to God's call happens, we will live in God's presence. We will enjoy the presence of God. We will know how it's like to enjoy the full presence of God. When we constantly look for opportunities, pray for the petrol attendant. Pray for the waitress. Pray for the people you interact with. On Thursday, I was coming from my connect group and I was catching an Uber to go to another meeting. And um, I was reminded of this. Jonah had the whale. We have the Holy Spirit. Jonah had the whale to bring him back to his call. We have the Holy Spirit that's constantly nudging us, reminding us of the call that's on our lives. The Holy Spirit will speak to you about someone sitting next to you. to just offer to pray for them. So in the Uber ride, I, I, I speak to this guy and I realize that the Holy Spirit is already working in his heart. And I shared the good news with him and boom, he prayed the prayer. He's now saved. He's the child of God. I invited him to church today. 
It's because it will take one heart that's transformed, that will transform the city. He's a disciple. He can make other disciples. Recently, we were having breakfast uh, at the Whippet, and my wife just had a nudge to pray for a lady who was sitting next to us. Guess what? She was open for prayer. The Bible says the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few. Someone who, almost like Terry, had no clue about the Bible. Lindy was just sharing the word with her. She says, okay, if there's a Bible app, can I download the Bible app? The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. As we stand to pray, let's all stand. You know when you are not experiencing the presence of God. I believe that today, it's a day of restoration. Today, it's a day of restoration. God wants to restore us like He restored Jonah. Jonah had a call. He battled to embrace the call of God. He flew away from the call of God, but God restored him. And some of us, God is going to restore us today. Proverbs 18, verse 10, it says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it, and they are saved. We do not run away from God. We run to God. We run to God. So today, I want us to run to God. Two groups of people I want us to pray for today is those who know that you're far away from God and you need to run to God. And I also want to pray for us Christians who maybe you've written some people off or maybe you like become lies affair about the urgency of the gospel. Going back to the very first question that I asked is, if we were all to embrace the call to go and share the good news, how would the world be today if we constantly just look for opportunities to share the good news with others? Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, I pray for the first group of people here today, Lord God, that uh, know that they may be far away from you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will nudge them, that the Holy Spirit will just tug them, that you speak to them, Father, to know that it's time for them to come back into the fold, to run to you, not to run away from you. Like Jonah, Father God, may they find themselves in, their, in your house, Father, and respond to the call to follow you, Lord. As we are praying, I want to ask those who are here, maybe someone invited you, or maybe you just felt like coming to church today, and you know you're far away from God, I want to pray with you. You know you need to come closer to the Lord and to come into His house, to come into His fold, to be in the life that God has for you because He's got a destiny for you. If you are here today, I want you to be bold and raise your right hand to God and say, God, I'm coming back home today. If you are here and you know you need to come back, thank you, my sister. Thank you, my brother. Anyone else? Just be bold. You know you need to come back. Just be bold. Just be bold. Just raise your hand. You're raising it to God. Just raise your hand. Thank you at the back. Thank you in the middle. Anyone else? Don't think about your neighbor or someone sitting next to you. Think about the decision you have to make to come back. Thank you at the back. Anyone else? I don't want you to, this moment to pass you by. Take a bold step and say, I want to come back home. I want to be a child of God. I want to live for God. I want to live for Him who died for me who spent three days in Arby's, in darkness, so I can live a life that praises Him, that glorifies Him. Anyone else? Anyone else? Thank you for all those who raised your hands. Thank you. I don't want to skip you. I want to give you an opportunity. Thank you all who raised your hands. If you raise your hand, you can put it down. 
If you haven't raised your hand and you know you need to raise your hand to come back to the Lord, I'm going to give you one more chance to raise your hand. Raise your hand wherever you are. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, my sister at the back. I'm going to ask you one more thing. All those who raise their hands, I'm going to ask you to come to the front so I can pray with you. We're not going to ask you to say anything, but we want to pray with you. Bring your belongings to the front. We're going to pray with you, and we're going to spend some time with you with the counselors. Even if you're recommitting your life to the Lord, just come to the front. We want to pray with you. Today is a day of restoration, and this is for you. Come to the front. Come, my brother. Come stand here. Come, my sister. Don't be ashamed. Come. Come, my sister. Come, my brother. All the way from the back. Please come. Thank you, brothers. Come stand right here. We celebrate and rejoice with heaven. The Bible says, heaven rejoices. Heaven rejoices. Come. Thank you. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of restoration. Even if you didn't raise your hand and you need, know you need to come here, please come. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming. God bless you. Come stand over here. Come stand over here. Today is the day of salvation. Your lives will never be the same again. God is taking your lives from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And you will feel there's going to be a transformation that takes place in your heart. I'm going to ask you to pray after me this prayer. And church, let's join them. Heavenly Father, we come before you. We repent for how we have disobeyed you. Today we come before you and receive you as Lord and Savior of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. We have some counselors that are going to spend some time with you. If you can please go through with them, and then they will release you again later. Thank you. Let's give them one more round of applause. Thank you. For all of us, we are that second group of people. Let us not be selfish Christians. Let us look out for opportunities to make Him known. The harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. God bless you.